This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Hey there, Robert. Hi, Hey. Let's do a sound check. Can you hear me? I do. I hear you perfect. Okay. Great. Great. Zvetlana, how are you doing? Oh, praise the Lord. I'm so happy to be with you guys. Hey, it's it's great snowing here. Shannon, oh, wow. it's snowing here. Snow? Wow. Yeah, so crazy. It's only October, and it's snowing. I think it's wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll tell you what. A great time to drink hot cocoa. Oh, yeah. It's what I just had, actually. <laughs> okay. That's good. Everybody, welcome aboard. Yeah. We're excited to be here today on Monday, October 30th, 2023. And we're here with Evangelist Robert and Zvitlana Avila. Uh, Would you all like to open it up in prayer? Oh, great Father in heaven, we celebrate your name, Father. We celebrate your cause. Uh, We are here, Father, to feed your sheep. And we pray, Lord, that this message will go out and reach those who need to to hear it, to encourage the body of Christ, and to establish that uh, you know all, all things, and that your word is true, and that you are able to bring us through any and every storm. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray for a good show. Amen. 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 We've got this hour together, so we'll get started now. The mic is yours. Great. Uh, Today, I'm going to, I prayed for this message, and um, this message is called How the Devil Plans to Destroy America, or, yeah, the the United States, and also, in a more general terms, uh, the body of Christ throughout the world. Um, One of the first means is that he plans to 
lead people into God's curses. I'm going to talk about that more in some detail. And also the preparations that the enemy has made to create a race war. I'm going to share with you uh, two prophecies from Dimitri Dudeman and some dreams that I've received myself. And I'm going to go into more detail on that. But before we start, uh, Svetlana is going to sing us a bit of a song here. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to bless you with a little worship before Robert will speak. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you're King of kings, the Lord of Lords. You are everything, Lord, what we need. We worship you. We praise Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name. Jesus, you deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus, you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus, you deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name, is your name, Jesus. Deserve the praise, worthy is your name. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of our praise, Father. You are worthy of our praise. We praise you, Lord. We thank you that you are our God and we trust in you, Father. We want to love you more, Lord. We want to know you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your presence. We pray that you will bless each of us, that we will be blessed by this message. And I'm so happy to be with you, my friends, on this show. I just want to encourage, just say a few words before my husband will speak. And um, I want to read this scripture. It's uh, from First John chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, um, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is this, in this world. So, my friends, Jesus is in you. And who, he, you know, we can, with Jesus, overcome this world. It's mean, what is in this world? It's sin, you know, spirit of flesh, spirit of uh, lust, spirit of proud, different, you know, sin that we need to conquer. So Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you, my friends. So you can overcome sin. You can overcome the Lord. And, um, yeah. My my encouraging, encouragement to you, my friends, that you will be more closer to the Lord. And we, when we will be in His presence and close to Him, we will be able to overcome sin in our life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and Jesus, you know, um, He never promised us that it will be easy in this world. But He promised us, my friends, that He will be with us until the very end. Amen. So, I just want to say, no matter what you're going through, we just need to look up to Him. Press on. Don't give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus, because Jesus is coming back soon. And all the um, things what's going on in this world, we can see the uh, everything happens so fast. And we understand as Christians that Jesus is coming back soon. So keep your eyes on the Lord and he will give you the victory that you deserve. And just stay close to him and draw near to him. Amen. This I just want to share a little bit. Yeah. So there's always a message in the scripture yeah. and from the body of Christ, which says that we ought to draw near to God and we ought to put our trust in him. So, the Bible is filled with prophecy, and the purpose of all prophecy is to lead us to Jesus Christ. And when we know that evil is coming on the horizon, we don't need to look to fear, but instead we need to look to Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We need to look to Noah and to King David, uh, men who put their trust in God, and even when trials came into their life, or even against the entire world, right, as in... Uh, yeah, and I'm also thinking now of Abraham and Lot, right? Their cities were destroyed, but they were forewarned. They were told where to go and what to do, and they were kept safe. 
So, uh, you know, God told Jeremiah, I give you your life as a prize. So it's knowing God and it's obeying God, walking with almighty God. This is the real purpose. This is our real objective. And when we do this, we really have no reason to fear. So I'm going to, so that this is what the Lord, I, I honestly, I, uh, yeah, this is what the Lord gave me for today. Uh, there are two parts. Now, one of the things the devil wants to do is to bring us into God's curses. Something that the Holy Spirit taught me once was he said that um, <clears throat> the devil learned that he can't uh, curse. He can't curse what God has blessed. So what he does instead is he knows that there are biblical curses, such as uh, the curse of the bastard child. A woman goes out and uh, gets gets pregnant without a husband, or she cheats on a, with another man and becomes pregnant with someone that's not her husband, then there's this curse of the bastard child. And it's it flows for 10 generations. And in those 10 generations, there's multiple opportunities for someone else to repeat the sin and renew it, <laughs> extend the curse down further generations. So we are familiar in, in deliverance, uh, in the body of Christ. We understand about generational curses, and this is what the devil wants to do. What he wants to do is at some point he knows that his big move is going to be the mark of the beast, so that even someone who has committed themselves to Christ, if they then go out and receive this mark, then they are lost. And this is the devil's objective. And he's going to employ many tactics in order to do this. And this is because, you know, the devil, he needs a plan B, C, D, all the way down to Z. And then he starts over with numbers and letter combinations. He needs all of those because he's not guaranteed a victory. If God sends one plan of salvation, Jesus, he knows he's guaranteed a victory because he's almighty God and he spoke the words and it happens. His word cannot be broken. So that's where our trust lies. That's where our knowledge lies. That's where our faith stands, on the rock that is Jesus Christ, on the word of God. So the devil is using a tactic that I call Balaam's plan. So Balaam, uh, the king of Moab, consulted him because he was known to be a man who could speak to uh, both God and also, apparently, unfortunately for Balaam, different devils. So um, the king of Moab came to him and said, how do I stop these Hebrews who are moving through my land? You know, they gave me their word, they're just passing through, but I don't trust them anyway, so how do I curse them? So he wanted to use witchcraft instead of the sword as his primary means of attack, or at least as his, his first battle against uh, the people of Moses. So Balaam says, well, okay, let me go and talk to the Almighty God about it. So he does, and Almighty God tells him, don't do anything. But the the bribe, the temptation increases each time. And finally, you know, uh, Balaam says, well, I can't curse them, but here's what you do. You've got to teach them to sin. So the, in the next verses, you see that the women of Moab, even married women, are going down and sleeping with the men of of in Moses' company, the, the Hebrews who left Egypt. And this brings a major plague. A plague results from this. And men and women are dying everywhere. People are just dropping dead. So uh, the curse is eventually broken when a man uh, obeys the, the righteous anger of God and kills one of the sinners. And then God gives uh, an opportunity. Uh, he raises a snake on a pole. And if he just Put your trust in God and just look up, raise your eyes up and look at this snake on a pole. Then you'd be cured from this plague. And that's how the plague was ended, by uh, a faithful act and by obedience, no matter how 
much someone didn't understand it. You just had to do what God said. You just had to walk out in obedience. So there's this issue of obedience coming out even in this early story in the scriptures. So Balaam, he wants to, and the king of Moab, they want to teach people to sin so that God's curses fall on their head. And this is what today's uh, global evil people are also attempting to duplicate. Well, they're they're succeeding in it in many areas. Okay, so I'm I'm going to talk about some of the things that they're doing now. So how do they teach us to sin? Well, they control media, television, film, uh, newspaper, radio. They have want a lot of control over it. Uh, recently in Canada, they even started wanted to get laws passed to control podcasts. So that podcasts have to submit to certain regulations so that they can start controlling what you can say, right? Because they don't want certain truths to get out. They don't want people to be warned. So if you go to the movies and you watch TV, then you'll see that um, you'll see people talk about, and they repeat this over and over and over again because repetition forms learning, right? So they're going to tell you, oh, you know, they're just talking, oh, well, I, you know, well, my rule is, you know, one little cute blonde girl will say, my rule is that I don't have sex until the third date. The other girl says, same for me, third date. And the other one's like, really? Is that a rule? And they'll say, yeah, you know, third date means sex. Everybody knows that. And they'll say things like this so that people who are followers will think, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Maybe that's why people don't date me for very long because I didn't know I was supposed to be. Uh, allowing uh, these men, male pursuers to have sex with me on the third date. Maybe that's why. So then they start trying the way of the world instead of continuing to put their trust in God. So where do you learn that? From Hollywood. Now, there are, you may be, maybe there may be somebody who never went and saw a movie, but they heard it from their girlfriends at school. And those girlfriends, they got it from TV. So the ultimate source remains people in Hollywood. And those people are Satanists. The Holy Spirit once explained to me, he said, he said, you think that Hollywood is a place where some people go and get caught up into Satanism. He said, but really, it was created as a division in the army of Satan, and it was that way from the beginning. Like, that's what it has always been. The whole purpose of the film industry, television, its its initial goal, and which remains true to this day, is to corrupt people and do the work of evil in this world. Um, here's another thing Hollywood taught. Well, bad boys are sexy. Well, if you want to have fun in life, no, no, you don't need a guy with a good job, has good moral character, uh, has a, has good standing in the church or and in the community. No, that's not what you need. No, no, you need a James Dean. A rogue with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve rides a motorcycle and flaunts the law. That's what you need. Ooh, he isn't James Dean sexy. What kind of music do you need to listen to? Well, what do they do? They hire girls to go out, actresses, to scream and pass out when they bring some big rock star on the stage home. And then it makes the other girls think, this must be really amazing. And when I go, because I want to see what's so amazing, that's how I also should behave. They're teaching people behaviors. And so then people adopt, like, well, that's what I should do too. Right? And then they show those actresses screaming and fainting. I'm not making this up. This is uh, known. This is like documented. They paid actresses to go out and scream over these certain rock stars in the beginning, back when 
pastors in the United Kingdom, pastors in the United States were saying, there's something very wrong with this music in the 50s. They're saying that people are getting mesmerized by this music. They, and, and it's true. They, they had designed the music to produce a delta wave state in the mind so that you could then access the deeper levels of the brain. Uh, uh, when you're learning something, your mind tends to go into a delta state. When you're not dreaming, when God is teaching us, uh, you, your mind goes into a delta wave state, a condition that scientists call delta wave state, right? Whatever it's called, that's what it is, right? Um, well, what if you're about to be married to someone and it's not God's plan for your life? Well, you'll start experiencing apprehension. You'll start to have this feeling like this is the wrong move for my life. And what does Hollywood show when the, the bride comes and says, I, I think I'm making a big mistake? Well, it's the job. You know, there's whole movies based on this. It's the job of, you know, the bridesmaids and the best man to come in and say, no, 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 it's just cold feet. What does that mean? That means nothing. It's just a phrase. And we know when we hear that phrase, it means, eh, everybody experiences this. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. When God has arranged your, your marriage when you're going there, you are excited. You can't wait to be married to this woman, to this man. And that is why, you know, the scripture says, uh, a man who receives a wife from God has received a good thing. It doesn't just say a wife, any wife. No, 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 no. You need to find the spouse God chose for you. And that's the way we ought to do it. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, when you teach, you know, show like this is the way the world does it and this is the way God does it. So what is God's plan? You pray carefully, uh, you become a responsible person in society, you work on your own character, you draw near to God yourself, and then you rate, you are worthy of a spouse that who, to whom God also wants to unite with a godly person. So if you're a woman or a man, you know that's what you need to do. Live your life, seek God, don't worry about it. God has a plan for you. Trust in him. He maybe uh, will show you some dreams about what's going to happen. Maybe he'll send someone else to prophesy into you about what God's plan is. You know, if, if it's a trusted, vetted person, then it's something you can consider, but you always take everything into prayer yourself. That's how you do it in God's kingdom. Then you get married, and on your wedding night, that's the first time you have sex in your life. Okay, that's God's plan for us, all right? That you have one man, one, one woman uh, in unity, in marriage, but Satan's plan, he says, well, prom night, that's when you lose your virginity. Not only is that a, sub, a subtext, a sub-theme in many Hollywood films, but that is the entire uh, storyline in some movies. I haven't even seen the movie, but there was a trailer some years ago, and it's these three young women. You know, they make a, a pact. Well, we're all going to lose our virginity that's the whole theme of the movie you only have to see the trailer to hear the message and to have that thought enter your mind yeah. so all these young women 13 14 15 you know their girlfriends are doing things because they're corrupted by the hollywood message and they're seeing this movie like oh is that what i'm supposed to do well yes and now other movies are going to come in and they're going to they're going to build on that lie and they're going to say yeah 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 College is to experiment sexually. This is what the world says. This is not biblical. If you're looking for God, that's not how you want to live. So that's what they teach. And then and they say, well, you can't go to college as a virgin. <laughs> 
you can't lose your virginity in college. Oh no, those boys they are already they already are practiced, and you look like a uh, a noob. You can, no no no, you gotta get a boyfriend in high school and do no. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. You know, um, they've done studies and they showed that the most sexually satisfied uh, couples um, of, of any derivation are Christian couples who were both virgins when they married. They have, they, they, you know, how satisfied are you? One to ten. They had the highest. Uh, and then, yeah, so I don't want to discuss the other types of groups that they analyzed, but, the, but the, they were the happiest. So who do you think God blesses? The people who obey God or the people who go against God? No, these people in the world, they're, and these people, now there are all these young women, very unsatisfied. If you go on um, Facebook Reels or TikTok or something, you'll see a lot of women on there saying, well, I'm 41 and no one wants to marry me. And I have, I have 40 acres and a job and, you know, I've got, you know, two cars. I, I can't get, keep a regular guy, you know, like this kind of thing is going on now. Why? Because the world is taught to just be philanderers. And uh, this is not God's plan for us. So the devil's plan is promoting all kinds of diseases, loneliness, heartbreak, anger, resentment, sometimes violence against someone for breaking up with them. Uh, just tragedy, you know. Um, so the, and, and another thing that they promote is this idea of, oh, well, even if you're married, you get um, a free pass list. I've seen that, again, this is... I've never heard a real person ever say this to me, but I've seen it on TV, on talk shows and things. They bring it up because they're planting this idea in people's head. Well, you get a freebie list. You know, who do you put on your list? Oh, three Hollywood famous people that are, you know, you think are very interesting or, or sexy. And that's your list. And if by any chance you run into that person at a hotel on a Tuesday night and they're on your list, then you have a free pass. Absolutely absurd. There's no such thing. That doesn't, that's not real. That's a lie the devil tells people. Did God really say that? Oh, you can have a pass. You know? oh, in fact, there's a whole movie called Hall Pass, and the whole premise of that movie is that some guy gets a pass from his wife to do whatever he wants on one weekend or something like this. So it's an idea, these ideas are coming from the enemy, and why are they doing that? Because they want to destroy the world. And especially, they want to, they're opening salvo. It says judgment comes first to the church. That's who they want to hit first. And they want to hit them hard and fast. Because when the devil comes and when the demonic beings come, they can't tolerate the name of Jesus being spoken. Even a person who is controlled and manipulated by demons, they don't like you to say anything positive about God or anything about the Bible. They will spend all day going on to videos that are just some guy talking about, well, this is what Jesus meant when, when he was at Gethsemane, you know, and there'd be some guy like, oh, oh, the world would be a much better place if there was no religion. Another thing that Hollywood has taught them to say, these people are just, uh, they're just parroting what they heard. They don't have their own individual thoughts. They're not really individuals. They're just manipulated by demons and they're all saying the same thing, posting the same absurd memes. Okay, so this is what's going on in the world. They're all being deceived by the works of the enemy. Okay. Um, another thing they want to do is they want to move us away from God's blessings. So why is America successful? Is it because of capitalism? No. Many other nations have attempted to repeat capitalist 
uh, market systems, and they have not produced the same results. The true reason that America succeeds is because God has blessed the United States. That's where it comes from. So what the enemy wants to do is they want to remove those blessings. So they want to bring the curses onto the United States by manipulating behavior, by leading people into corrupt behavior. And then they want to steal the blessings away. And how do they do that? Well, they tell everybody, well, uh, oh, we don't have our own oil. We need to buy it. But when Trump was in, and I'm not trying to be one party or the other. I'm just saying when Trump was in, um, all he did was allow them to mine oil in North Dakota, build some pipelines, and suddenly the United States was exporting oil and cash was flowing from other countries to the United States. But as soon as Biden came in, he put the kibosh on the pipeline, he canceled all kinds of permits in North Dakota, and suddenly we're importing uh, oil again. So remember in the 70s, they faked this oil crisis, Uh, there were... uh, Hundreds of oil tankers just sitting off the coast of Venezuela while uh, an artificial shortage was created, and the the gas price went from whatever it was, 70 cents to, you know, $1.50, and then it just kept climbing after that. So where does that money go? Well, it goes to the people who are producing oil, and who are those people? The Arabs, the people that want to kill Christians, because this is their plan, to raise up the wicked people and push down the people of Christ. They want to take God's blessing away from the states and send it to, then Russia develops their oil now, and then they they pretend that the Soviet Union collapsed. And to explain it, Reagan comes on, which would, if this was a true move, this would be the stupidest thing ever in the history of international politics. Well, we destroyed Russia. We we crippled Russia uh, by an economic race because we knew they couldn't win it. No, no, that's just a story they made up. Russia could have kept going forever the way they were going. Uh, most of their food is grown in private gardens. They can, If you can eat, you can live. That's all you need, really, is just some food, a place to live. They had all that. They just didn't have any creature comforts. They didn't have anything good. And it was dangerous to say something that wasn't on the approved list. <laughs> that's that's what they really had. But it could have kept going. So they pretended to make it collapse. Then they processed the oil. And then- and they get rich, and then they're building up a massive army. This is what the Holy Spirit has shown me, that Russia is building up a massive army in secret. But it's not uh, germane to this message here. Okay, so he wants to move us into sin, and he wants to take away the blessings, right? Oh, rare earth minerals for uh, electric cars? No, no, we, oh, guess what? The United States doesn't have any of that, which is a lie. Anybody who applies for a permit, it just gets denied. That's all that happens. Well, so we have to buy it from where? China. And we know that China is building an army. That one is on the surface. They're building a massive army in order to attack, again, the Christians and the Jews. This is what they're doing. The objective in Ukraine is to attack the Jews in Israel. The objective in the attacks from Gaza and the West Bank, well, again, to attack the Jews. And this is blatant, that Iran is the, the proxy force behind it, or the force behind the proxy members of Hamas and these different groups. That is not so obvious to everyone, but that's what's really happening. It's really um, um, the communists who became largely atheist because they were killing Christians, they were killing Jews, they took control over, they created this Pravislava Orthodox Christianity, which used to be one and the same as what today we call the Catholic Church. A thousand years ago, it was one unified organization, uh, but now it's called the Pravislava Church, 
it tells them what to think. It's state controlled. They're not trying to lead people to personal relationship with God. That's not that's not their objective. Their objective is to tell people to think what they want them to think. So there's this separation from God's blessing, leading people out of the green pastures where Christ uh, showers His love upon us into the soot and poison-covered, craggy rocks of Satan's dominion, right? That's what, they're, that's what they're doing. They want to move you away from God and toward evil. So that is uh, one of their major moves that I wanted to share today. Now, the next one, and the Holy Spirit has showed this to me uh, many times in many different ways, and I'm going to share uh, some bits from some Dumitru Dudeman um, prophecies as well that also show this same factor, and it's that they want to create a race war. Now, I'm going to discuss a little bit how they've done this. Now, what they the, the races are pretty obvious, and they want the whites to be destroyed, and they want the blacks to do it. Why? Because you have a lot of Christians in the white population. You have a lot of Christians in the black population. And the devil would love nothing more than to have the Christians kill the Christians. Now, most Christians aren't going to do that, but some will. Some will. Um, so how have they infuriated, uh, the black population in the United States and through media distribution, the black population all over the world? Oh, these Americans, they're, they're really unkind to, to blacks. No, the American man, like in my life, I've had many friends. I've had roommates in the Marines. I've had friends in the army. I've had, uh, work colleagues, uh, when I lived in Georgia, I've known plenty of black people, and none of them were hostile relationships. They were all good, positive relationships. And this is what I say when I talk to people about this. You have to look at your own experience. What is the black man like? Do I know him? Have I had dinners with him? Uh, have we played on sports teams together? Yes. And what was the experiences? All positive. Okay. Well, what about when I see television? Well, television tells a drastically different story. And they know in TV that they are educating behavior into people. They're showing young black men, this is how you hold a gun. This is what you do. You know, when I was in Philadelphia, this was one of the strangest experiences I ever had. I was, I just moved there recently. I was an employee at the store that God later moved the owner to give to me. And that's how I paid my tuition. Uh, but I was sitting in front of that store and these three young black men came by, and they were insulting the girl who was managing the store. And they were saying, oh, look at her, you know, parts, and oh, man, I'd love to do this and that. Very crude, uh, very derogatory speech. And I was furious. I, I thought, man, I want to punch those guys. But for some reason, I had been talking to some hippie the previous day, and he was talking about how, you know, we ought not to do violence and whatnot. And I was like, and I'd made this, out of my own mind, I'd made this vow to myself, well, I'm not going to use violence. You know, I'm going to be a more peaceful person. And, um, wow, everything inside me was telling me, I, I barely could keep myself in the chair. I so much wanted to leap up and punch the biggest guy, just punch him in the face. Like it's, it was the energy I had, you know, I was like five months out of the Marine Corps and here's this guy, like just really being a pig. And I thought, man, I want to just get him. Right. And those guys, what, what I didn't know is that there was a, these guys had only just gotten out of prison 
and there was a police car following them because they thought these guys are definitely doing crime again and, and they're bad news so we want to arrest them right away well this police car wasn't fast enough and later that night there's this iranian grad student in mathematics now i guess they only give like a handful of phds per year per year in mathematics and this guy was just on the verge of receiving one and he had gone to a payphone to call his girlfriend and these guys mug him for a couple of coins and as they're leaving the big guy the one that i really wanted to punch that guy turns around pulls out a gun so this guy had a gun so i you know that would have been a mistake to pick a fight with them maybe probably right he turns around and he says a line that i've heard many times on television he saw our face I got to cap him. That's the line he gave. And then he just shoots this guy. They had already beat him up. He was on his hands and knees on the sidewalk. He saw my face. Now I got to cap him. He just learned that behavior from TV. He wasn't thinking, what do I want to be in life? What do I want to achieve? How do I want to live? And how do I pursue that? No one had told him, apparently, you need to pray every day. Pray in the morning. Pray in the evening. Seek God for your decision making. What kind of... What is God's plan for your life? You know, I'm writing now uh, this series of books, 100 Ways God Talks to You. Um, And I'm just realizing as I'm writing all these things, and God is showing me, like, I created this event in your life. You know, um, yeah, so I'm realizing God wrote a lot of these stories. And he's saying, yes, I did this. And because I want you to explain it like this. And, you know, he let me think for many, for 20 years, I thought, Man, I, I contributed to that, that, that student's death, that grad student's death. Because what if I had jumped up and punched him? If those police were there, maybe they would have gone straight to jail. That guy would be alive now. Or maybe they would have pulled out the gun and shot five people dead in front of the store. You know, I don't know. But God said, no, it was never your responsibility to intercede right then. It was never that. He said, but I allowed you to think that because I wanted you to understand. You need to turn to me to understand, to interpret events in your life. I, I, people are like, oh, it's a dream. It has symbols. Well, interpretation belongs to God. Let's take that, you know. But interpretation in general belongs to God. An, an event in life, what did it mean? What are the implications? Father, what was that? He said, no, no, I just wanted you to understand. I wanted you to understand. It's not what happens in the world isn't your fault. It isn't your fault. But I let you carry some guilt because you didn't turn to me. So now I don't have that guilt because God explained it to me, right? So there's always this message of we need to put our trust in God. So they're building this um, hatred between blacks and whites. A lot of it is extreme exaggeration through films, through media. Someone does something uh, and they blame it. They try to uh, distort the statistics a lot. Um, and they try to control the message on television on talk shows even comedians get up the comedians like david wilkerson prophesied i think in 1974 he had put out this prophecy and he said that comedians would begin to spread the message of satan and they really are the the comedians are hired to say that you know uh, uh transsexualism is okay it's all good you know i've seen a lot of comedians promote that um and to promote hatred. Trevor Noah, I promise you, the only reason they brought Trevor Noah out of South Africa is because he's a bitter man and and he brings up old racial division over and over and over repeatedly. And it's, it's reigniting old angers, things that really have been healed. 
things that people forgave. And he's bringing them up again, uh, just digging at an old wound, uh, renewing the infection, right? So this is what's happening. So they're, they're creating all this anger. And let me tell you, um, let me, you know, let me skip right here to this prophetic word from Demetri Dudeman. I'm just, this is a little short sentence here. Uh, when the Americans think that it is peace and safety, so what's going to happen is at some point people will start calling for peace, peace. The, the world will be in turmoil and people say, let's have peace, 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 peace. And everybody will start demanding peace. And somehow this peace will come about. He says, when the Americans think that it is peace and safety, from the middle of the country, of the United States, some of the people will start fighting against the government. And that was called Message for America. I received that message in 1984. So some people will start fighting. But in another message, it's called, um, I think it's, it's about the Russian invasion of the United States. He more specifically says that the groups that start this fighting will be communists but we'll be using a different name. Okay, so now, so those are the two messages I wanted to share from Mr. Dudeman. So now let's look at the one of the founders, well, both founders of uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter. Okay, um, this woman is, one of the women is named uh, Patrice Kohlers. And she has said many times in different interviews, we, this is a quote, we are trained Marxists. So Marxism was taught to Karl Marx. Um, in my history class, they told us that Karl's, Karl Marx himself made it up. That's not true. It was invented by a Satanist and Jesuit Catholic out of Rome named Frederick Engels. Uh, by the way, one of the, ba- the bases that Russia attacks Ukraine from is called Frederick Engels Airfield. <laughs> and one of the cities that they launch all the soldiers from is called Belgorod. Bel, of course, is Bayal, and Gorot is the Russian word for city. So it's like the city of Satan and uh, this evil Satanist who created communism, which uh, w- hated Christianity. The other airfield, is, it's like... Who's who on, on either side of the battlefield? I think it's pretty clear to me. All right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it will start with the world calling for peace, peace, and there will be an internal revolution in America started by the communists. So that, that's the exact quote from the other vision that Dimitri Dudeman had. So this, when BLM started, all these people came and said, yeah, we, we do think black lives matter. You know, whites, blacks, Asians. Arabs, small businessmen, big businessmen, all kinds of people said, yeah, we agree with that. You know, that's a no-brainer. Of course, most people didn't understand that that's a lie. <laughs> that's not really what it's about. You know, the people whose, whose sons, the names of their sons, George Floyd, some others, those I was reading articles this week. Those parents, they came out and they said, well, you used the photo of my son and his name and his tragedy to raise money for your organization. I really thought you were going to bring some of that to us, but those parents got nothing from those donations. Instead, this Patrice and her uh, co-founding partner, they went out and bought several mansions worth of millions of dollars each. One of them was um, the former communist headquarters in Canada. They spent $8 million for that, right? So these people are communists. Recently, one of the... Uh, one of the um, I guess it'd be like a line manager of the BLM. He came out and he was quoting from communists 
in Cambodia, some big communist leader in Asia somewhere. He's quoting from that guy like he's someone everybody should follow. <laughs> but he killed millions of people. And this guy's quoting from there. So Dmitry Dudman warned us that the Holy Spirit has shown me that there will be some kind of race war. The internal fighting that comes, race will be a major component of it. Part of the destruction of civilization is going to be because of racial hatred. So they're, they're promulgating it. They're, they're putting wood on this fire. They're magnifying it everywhere. Oh, George Zimmerman. Oh, he wanted to kill blacks. Oh, he's a white man. No, <laughs> no. He was half Hispanic, half Jewish, actually. Okay. Uh, so how do they show his, his victim, the, the young man he killed? They show a picture of him when he was small as a little boy. But really, he was like six foot tall, more than six foot, this guy, at the time of the, the fight. So they, they, they bleach out the blood stains on George Zimmerman uh, when they show his photo walking in to the courthouse. They show him with no blood. But really, he, was, he had a big ga a gouge in the back of his head. So anyway, um, it's all manipulated. They want to fuel the hate. Truth is not important to them in any way. What they want us to do is hate each other. So the position I've taken is, well, I want to proactively promote unity. I want to do that. So um, uh, sometimes when I see somebody campaign about, oh, it's all hatred, I go and I tell them, like, listen, this is actually Satan's plan. And I'll explain it. I'll, I'll lay it. I'll outline it in a couple paragraphs. I'll say, this is, you know, don't, don't promote this. You're working against America. It's actually Satan's plan. So generally speaking, this is the layout. This is what I understand is how they're going to move to do this. First, and I've, I've spoken with this on your show about this uh, a few times previously. Um, when the Holy Spirit, he sent me a lot of dreams about this internal fighting, the war in the United States and the invasion of different types of armies from Asia and uh, the Middle East and whatnot. But he's also shown me all these other dreams about the fighting in Asia. And that starts first. That starts first. So this is what happens. My understanding from what I've seen and from what some other people are saying is that the enemy's general plan, very rough here, is to start a war in Asia. So they're going to start some, uh, some business over Taiwan, right? And then the United States will be drawn into a war in Asia over Taiwan, but it's going to spread into other countries. I, I'm pretty sure Vietnam will be, become involved, and I'm not sure which other nations, but other countries will become involved. Then, while the United States is over there, then these things that Dmitry Dudman has warned about, this internal conflict, this internal conflict in the United States, um, which is going to be based on racial division, I expect. If it's not the only reason, it's going to be a major factor. So there's going to be this internal fighting, and then while the United States is focused on that, suddenly Russia attacks. And this is what the Holy Spirit has been showing me. Like Russia and China and Iran, they're working together. They're planning for war. They've been doing it for a very long time. In, in 2014, when, uh, when Putin was still alive, original Putin, and he ordered the invasion of eastern Ukraine, he came out. Twice after the or three times, I, I forget the, what, the cause of the first one, but the other two times were after the signing of Minsk one, after the signing of Minsk two agreements. Um, Putin came out and said, 
oh yeah, we want peace, of course we want peace. And both nights, the Holy Spirit came and just showed me a really strong dream, showed me that what they were really doing behind the scenes, Putin calling all these different presidents of different countries, trying to get them to come to some meeting to uh, form an alignment, a secret agreement. Um, that I, I saw in Iran people planning for war, that diplomats went to a meeting, and when they left the meeting, these Iranian diplomats, they said, I don't think they suspect what we're really planning to do. And like I said, no, they definitely don't, right? So it's, there's all this deception going on, that China working together. And mm, I could say so much more about this, but they, I, I know, and not only from dreams, but I know in real-world ways as well, that Russia and Iran have been collaborating since the again, phony collapse of the Soviet Union. That was just engineered to change the world, to justify how they started selling oil to the West and other things like this. All right, so <clears throat> a lot of theater going on in the world, and its, and its design is to lead the world into a position where they can start a war of hatred. Okay, so we know that internal revolution. So how has... Okay, so how has the enemy built this up? Now, when I was a student in like 1990, uh, I was on San Jose State University campus. I was walking across campus. And I see this big crowd. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And someone said, oh, the black fraternities are having a cane dancing competition. And because the local fraternity here at, at San Jose State won last year, it's hosted this year. And it was this big, like, kind of a coliseum near the engineering building. And that's where they were having it, at the base of this thing. And it was surrounded by all these concrete stairs. It was very circular, and it, it had been fashioned in an artistic way. And I started moving through the crowd because I wanted to see it. I was like, oh, you know, I saw this when I was in the Marines, some guys doing this. And it can be really good. Like, it's really entertaining. I was like, I'd love to see that. And some black people blocked me off. And they said, hey, you can't be here. You can't see this. I said, well, what do you mean? Why not? I said, do, do I need to buy a ticket? And they're like, no, because you're white. <laughs> like, what? I was like, no, I want to see this, man. And I thought, like, I've never been treated this way. <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? I can't go watch because I'm not black. But it's how they behaved. And it was permitted. They did this to everyone. And complaints were made. But the competition continued. And the campus did nothing. So what this does is it sends a message out. And this is by design. This is by design. They want to say, it's okay for you to mistreat whites, but it's not okay for whites to say anything about blacks. Well, of course, it's not uh, okay for anybody to speak in a derogative manner against anyone else. Jesus wants us to have unity, and that means for us to remember that we are all one in Christ, that we are all brethren, right? So, that really surprised me, but... Later in life, I was going to learn that this is actually something they do all the time. When I lived in Philadelphia, I was going to the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, my Jewish roommate came home one day. He was really livid. Um, he had been shamed. He was on his motorcycle with his girlfriend, and he didn't know, but apparently there's a major event every year in Philadelphia in which the black fraternities come together and celebrate. And for five days, they toss over cars, burn cars, rape people with impunity because it's a different city. They're going to leave again. Nobody knows who they are. Beat people up. And, it's, and a lot of it's racial beatings. They're just beating up white people. 
And this is allowed. And, and they the only recently, a few years ago, the, finally the city of Philadelphia said, no, we're not giving permits for this anymore. You can't come to our city. But for decades, it was allowed. And what are they doing? So you're taking these, these college students, these young men, who are going to become society's leaders. They're going to become uh, mayors and business leaders. You know, these are the people who are, well, are expected to do these things. And I'm sure that many of them are now. And they're going to have this attitude like, yeah, we can. We can riot. We can express ourselves through violence. And there's going to be no consequences. So then the Occupy movement came, and then BLM, and what happened? George Soros, other mysterious financiers are bailing out these people, and they're sending this message. There are no consequences. You can do this. Now, why did they burn down? Why did Bill Clinton burn down um, the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas? Well, the story is that this guy, David Koresh, uh, they say, oh, he had all these guns. Well, because he was he was a licensed uh, gun buyer and reseller. That was his business. He bought and resold firearms, uh, a lot of them antiques and things like this. <clears throat> and he went to a gun show and he bought a Kalashnikov, an AK-47, and the serial number was filed off. And he said, well, I want to, if I can find out what the original serial number was, if I can find that owner, and I can get that serial number put back on, then I can resell this gun for full value, and I'll make a lot of money. I'll make a you know a nice bonus on my investment. So he goes to the he returns to the auction yard and he says, "Where where did where this come from?" He said, "I bought it from this guy in Mississippi, uh, or maybe it was Missouri. I don't recall exactly." So he calls the guy in uh, it, was, it was Missouri. He calls the guy in Missouri, and this guy explains to him. He says, "He said, where did you get this gun?" And the guy tells me, he said, well, they, the CIA gave us these guns. Um, so the number, the, the weapon had actually been one that was acquired in Somalia. So in Somalia, the way that Clinton ended that fighting was he said, okay, listen, uh, we Americans, we will withdraw all our troops if we think there can be peace. So what we want you to do is all you warlords – must surrender your firearms. Just come. And so they did. They said, yeah, we want the Americans out of here. They're just killing people, <clears throat> killing us, ruining our drug trade. So we'll gladly do it. You know, it'll, it'll be worth it. It's a fair trade for us. So they went and made mountains of just Kalashnikovs and M16s and all kinds of different firearms from around the world. Just piled them up. And they loaded them onto ships. And what Clinton told everybody was, oh, we melted those down. But with this... Um, but what this drug dealer in Missouri was saying was, no, no, they're stored in a warehouse. And we this is what we've been told. Now, I've heard this same story repeated from an ex-member of MS-13 who are trained in South America, allegedly, I should say, uh, by the CIA. And this MS-13 guy gives the same story, which is, we are being told that at a certain time, there will be fighting inside the United States. And at that time, we will be allowed to do whatever we want. Murder, uh, people that we have a grudge against, uh, rape, steal, loot, burn things down, free reigns do what we want. But we have to snatch the children and give them to the authorities. That's the only thing they want. And these are the guns we're going to do it with. That's what they're being told. Now, doesn't that sound a little bit like what's happening in eastern Ukraine and southern Ukraine? The Russians are taking all the children. 
You know, they'll round up the children from some small town and then they'll bomb and burn the thing to the ground. So anybody who knew that the children are not ash, but were taken first, were taken away, those people no longer exist. This is what's happening. After the Spanish civil, um, uh, the Spanish influenza of 1918, 1919, same thing happened. There were hundreds of thousands of orphans. And if you look for the historical, for the history of what happened to them, nobody knows. It's actually a thing that historians debate. What happened to those children? Nobody really knows. Oh, they went to work, work gangs on the, to build railroads on the West Coast. Oh, they, they went somewhere to do this. Uh, they were distributed to, to homes. Nobody knows. There's no documentation of what happened to those children. So the fact that, that they take children, this is, again, a part of the enemy's plan. So we need to be aware of what they're doing, that we can uh, prepare ourselves, we can better understand what God's telling us to do, and that we can pray against all those things. Because prayer has great power, and we can destroy their plans. We can seriously dent their plans. Everything that God said is going to happen, those things are going to happen. The fine details that aren't in Scripture, those things can all be altered by our prayers. All right? uh, we can watch out for our own family. We can watch out for our own friends, anyone willing to listen. And we can also do things like promote peace and unity between races. Between races. So, yeah, and uh, another dream, it was just a short scene, there are two two young men walking, they were friends, and they're talking about, yeah, a great war is going to come to the United States, you know, there's going to be war in the U.S., and as they're saying this, a um, a lowrider truck comes by, you know, with some Hispanic guys in there, and the music's playing loud, and one guy says, oh, probably we'll have to fight those guys, and his friend stops him and turns him to look into his face, he says, no. He said, we have to unify with those people. Everyone in America, we need to be on one side. The people that are coming, they want us to be divided. We need to have unity. And God was just showing me the wisdom of this young man, you know, walking down the street in Los Angeles. Like, yes, <laughs> this is correct. You know, we need to have unity. When they come, they need to not find us divided, already killing each other. We need to have unity. Now, here's, an, here's another dream that the Holy Spirit showed me. Um, there's this camp, and uh, these black men have all been told to report here. And when they first show up, they, they have a lot of infighting amongst each other. People aren't happy. But then after some time, they realize that they're in a prison. Like, they've basically been imprisoned, and there are cameras everywhere. <clears throat> so they start saying, listen, we got to break out of here. Man, we don't, we don't want to stay around. Who knows what they'll do at some future point? And so they find a dead spot in the cameras. And, again, and the later the Holy Spirit showed me, like, no, this is by design. So that they can meet in secret and plot how to overthrow the guards. So eventually they do. They, they uh, kill some of the guards and they, they get away from there. And the Holy Spirit explained to me. I was like, wow. Well, you know, I kept remembering that dream until I finally I was like, Lord, what is this? And the Holy Spirit showed me, like, basically they created an army of all black men. That's what they did. They created an army. So now you have this, this group of black men who are all in unity of one mind. And if someone comes out and is racist, well, that's going to start a fight. And, or someone might say so. You know, how exactly the devil plans to manipulate that, I don't know. But the enemy's intention is, yes, that that will be an all-black army that will kill people that aren't black. <laughs> you know, they'll have a bias for their own kind, which is an, an extremely natural thing to do. They've done many psychological tests. If you only believe you are a member of some group that likes uh, Renaissance art, and you see someone attacking someone else who you've been told likes Renaissance art, Renaissance art, 
you will side with the Renaissance art guy, even if he's not, even if he likes classical art instead. <laughs> it's they know how to manipulate us psychologically, and that's their objective. So, in summary, the the enemy is wicked. He's a cheater. He's a liar, and lies. He is trying to leverage lies to achieve his ends. But we have the love of God, we have the wisdom of God, we have relationship with God, and he will protect those who dwell in the sacred place of the Most High. You can't just say, oh, I'm claiming, you know, Psalms 91. Or No, you have to qualify for it. You have, must dwell in that sacred place. And this, my friend, my brother, means go into prayer, read some scriptures, and say, Lord, please show me how to be closer to you. And this message has been repeated so many times recently. I've seen God giving this message to a great number of Christians who are sharing the words that they're receiving. And there's this constant message, we must get out of sin. Tell them, if they are still in sin now, that they need to leave it behind. Amen. Robert and Svetlana, great message today. We've got about 60 seconds left. Um, Tell people how they can contact you in your ministry how they can support and also order your books. Yeah, find me, uh, Robert A. Avila, on Facebook. I, uh, I find Omega Man listeners to be great friends. Also, on on Amazon, Google, and Kobo, my book, 100 Ways God Speaks to You, the first book, is on sale for 99 cents, like right now, if you go there. Um, for donations to support us, uh, which we appreciate, PayPal. And you can use my email, which is robertavila at email.com. And it is email, like electronic mail, not Gmail, Google Mail. <clears throat> and that's that. What would you like to title the broadcast for today? It was a great message. How the Devil Plans to Destroy America. Fantastic. Uh, thank you, Robert and Zvetlana, for coming on today. Uh, God bless thank you both. You. And uh, we'll see you next time. God bless you, Shannon. Be blessed, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Folks, stand by as we set up for our next program. Let's get Sister Betsy on. That was a great word. And we're dialing now. Stand by. I'm going to reset MixLR. Hold on.